that got all over my microphone. Unfre un <laughs> unprecedented triple capping. Uh, hey, guys. Welcome to episode 35 of COD Towers Brews and Builds. Uh, I'm Mr. Comma number five, and my fellow host in his quarantine state, his craziness puts Lab Maniac to shame, Big Tuck. Ah, What's going on, Tuck? Mr. Combo. Uh, real quick, I was trying to think of a hey... Corvidinese and Corvidineers, but um, more appropriately with this deck, I can go back to the standard, hey, cats and kittens. Hey, uh, how you doing? Uh, uh, you know, it's going I'm, stir crazy. I'm pretty good. Um, I finally got out of the house today, but in reality, we've talked about this before, I work from home every day, so a lot of people I'm talking to are like, I miss my coworkers, and I miss face-to-face -face interaction, and I'm like, I've been only interacting with the computer screen since November, so this is small potatoes for me. Hashtag um, hanging out with Stout. Yeah, a lot of Stout time, a lot of a lot of time to stare at my magic decks while I should be working. So that's all exciting. How about you, Mr. Combo? Um, for those for those who aren't playing the visual medium, he is weathermanning it with a very nice plaid shirt and what I've been uh, what yeah. I've been told is uh, pajama bottoms. Uh, that is correct. Drinking a beer, oddly. I know. What is this? Pizza yeah, spit well, my drink out I just, I just did. <laughs> well, you know, I do like Tank 7, and uh, today my boss, since we're all in quarantine and we're usually in the field all the time, uh, the he hosted this uh, Zoom happy hour. Oh, that's and cool. so huh. Yeah, you know what? I thought it was actually kind of dumb at first, uh, but then I did it, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's not that bad. Uh, and so I, I had a beer for that, uh, just trying to keep it on the low, and it was just like, oh, all right, I got the taste for Tank in my mouth. Uh, but no, I, I'm doing good. Uh, I I mean, I like like you. I work from home all the time. Um, it is a little bit different for me because there's usually two to three days a week that I'm like right. in the car, out and about, seeing different customers and clients. Uh, so being 100% cooped up isn't that enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, but it's been great because uh, now that I'm just home, I have a rig set up in my home <laughs> office, and That's so great. I'm actually uh, doing games with different people over my lunch hour, whether it's on Arena or MTGO or even paper stream. So it actually hasn't been that bad, so but we are in what day two of this. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Especially here in Kansas city. Um, also, so I got in my car. Normally when I get in my car on Wednesdays, a gas prices are cheap. So I filled my car up for, to the top for the first time. And I'd say no shorter than three years. And second, I got in my car today and, and I was like, previous to that, you did not have a car. Yeah. Well, also true. Um, <laughs> but I got in my car today and I was like, wow, I am still like completely full. So did you feel the same <laughs> way if you've left your house yet? Uh, I, I had, I did not actually fill up my car with gas. Um, my girlfriend though did tell me that apparently the gas station was selling gas for like a dollar 75 a oh, gallon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, Saudi Arabia went on a uh, gas lowering price war thing. It's well, and yeah, we're reaping whatever. all the benefits, but our government and oil <laughs> companies in the U S are not. <laughs> oh man well thanks for tuning into our podcast guys and this is only able to happen from our fantastic producer squee mcgee and his production company rich chaos records here in kc what's going on remote squee oh remote squee i've been uh playing drums i actually work out in the i guess irl world a fair amount so sure. uh brewery we're still brewing beer as of tomorrow and friday which is exciting nice i, uh, I told you that you guys were gonna still brew beer well because it's I, weird I'm... though because we can't talk to the other half of our staff we've made separated teams that can't hang out with each other or be in the brewery at the same amount of time so they huh. don't interact at all. oh right and we shrunk our teams down so after you leave you have to sanitize the entire place like we're talking walls door sure. handles floors everything um so it's been odd but i do that and you know 
Yeah. All right. Oh, I, got, awesome. I got a whole studio down here to mess around with, so I don't really mind the quarantine thing. Yeah. Sure, sure. Well, and I, you unfortunately sold me your Switch, so uh, uh, you don't have access to that, which I guess is like the main commodity now people are bitching about. Uh, hashtag Xbox. Oh, fair enough. Well, guys, if you want to know more ways to support banter like this and the CMD Tower team and all the content we put out, head over to our sponsor, level1gameshop.com. They sell magic accessories like our exclusive CMD Tower playmat and Matt Hunter pack sleeves. They also do have a great TCG player store with over a 99% accuracy rating and super competitive prices. And, of course, we record these in advance. Uh, so if the quarantine is still quarantine life, hashtag, uh, you can go to their website and use a promo code FREEKCSHIP, all uppercase, and that gets free shipping on any anything that you order over 20 bucks so uh, i think actually a cmd tower playmat and 100 pack or 100 uh, mat sleeves comes to 25 dollars. so you can literally nice. get free shipping anywhere in the uh u.s and uh you can show it off on streams like a uh, good friend of the show derek the punk ace just did last night which was very cool mm-hmm. to see cool uh, another way to support the show is head over to our patreon patreon.com slash cmd tower we have four different pledge levels and rewards vary from just getting access to our discord to getting your own set of cmd tower playmat and sleeves we would usually sign the playmat but um that, that's not gonna happen for a while uh that I, I will do you know what i can actually probably forge big tuck signature squeeze is too pretty i can't no way <laughs> because both of ours are effectively scribbles <laughs> correct uh and of course the free way is just to share the content you're already listening to every little bit of interaction from the collective does help uh we also uh have pinned on the main account at cmd tower and on my twitter at mr comma number five a free discord link so if you are looking for mtg online mtg arena paper streams and trying we actually created a channel within our server that we're opening up to the public called quarantine battlegrounds uh so you can go on there and jam games with whoever just post what kind of what kind of game you're looking for how many people you need and what medium you want to play and it's been fairly consistent on finding games and make so sure, give, make it, sure, give it a look make sure you use hashtag jane when you're looking very important uh, it's all, it's all. <laughs> uh, and then also every episode we want to give a big shout out for the music provided by pink royal and of course stay tuned till the end so you can get details on how you can win a borderless oko and garuk from throne of eldraine uh, we're going to announce the winner on that may 5th so bruce and bills is our deck tech series it's all about the decks that big tuck and i have in our path to 32 each podcast we're going to talk about one of those path to 32 decks but in a cool manner of brewing some beers so we broke it down into four categories the first one's going to be ramp and setting your board state that's the grain bill Yes, and grains are the foundation of any beer. Uh, grains are the foundation of any beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of said beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. The next one's going to be, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? That's the hop profile. Yes, and hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and sometimes are dry hopped after the beer has already been sort of brewed, like in the Big Tuck beer in the basement. Uh, Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so that your deck can actually do what it wants. And then the next one's going to be, how does your deck actually close out and win so you can turn off your computer monitor, since no one's playing in IRL? Uh, We're calling that yeast. Yes, and yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without the yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water, and without yeast cards, your deck would beat the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have shenanigans. This could be pet cards or synergies that are in the deck that are just kind of fun, kind of like me wearing a plaid nice button-up shirt and pajama (laughs) pants. We're calling that the spice package. 
Yes, and, and spices are not in every beer, but them and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, um, or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we talk about it. And then to cap it all off, we have redundancy. We have a bottle <laughs> capping. These are going to be Big Tux and I's recommendations and cuts to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a personal recommendation that has no budget. Only restriction. She can't do those mana-only lands, bro. Get at it. So <laughs> without many, further ado. How many lands are you talking about in your cut section? At least one. Mm, There's got to be one in there. None. Wow. He's fishing for info. Uh, I am talking about one in my cards, but oh. you know what? Why don't we get brewing? Today, we're talking gardening with Mr. Wingrace. Uh, this is my Jun deck. So as we kind of talked about in the last episode that Big Tuck did, we're kind of going back through the path to 32 and finding colors that the other person did until more interesting commanders come out for the ones right, that we or, haven't done already. Or I finally pull the trigger and build that teamer deck that's been sitting in my cart for no shorter than four months. So, Well, don't worry. If he doesn't pull the trigger, folks, we'll do Animar. No! <laughs> so what I thought is Prosh was episode one, the Coutredemont, the debut. So why don't we talk about my Jun deck? You know, Lord Windgrace. Uh, literally, I guess he's the fifth ranked commander or fifth ranked Jun commander. Is he? Uh, yeah, he's very popular. That makes sense. Um, and he, the funny thing is that he didn't actually come from scratch. He did not come from a existing Jun deck. He actually came from a Gitrog monster deck. Yeah, so, okay. And, that's, yeah, where, so that's I, where those cards ended up because I know because you did have a Gitrog before, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And I, I and you know and unlike my name, I used to not be such a combo player. Um, and <laughs> Back so in I just days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought it would be fun to do landfall Gitrog. Um, I yeah, thought yeah. that would be interesting. Uh, turns out it's not very good. Uh, <laughs> so I dismantle, or actually, it just sat there forever. And then I saw Lord Windgrace, and I was like. Uh, I don't know. Everyone was complaining about yeah. it. Remember in the preview season, it's the worst one. And we, yeah, we talk, we've, we've talked about him at length of how when we first saw him, I was, I was pretty nonplussed. I just yep. thought that well, he you was... you know how we do on our previews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nail, <laughs> nailing it. Nailing the value, nailing the ones that I could play the most. Yeah. Um, and I, was, I, you know, it's like, okay, great. Like, <laughs> great. I need ways... What what is red and what is black, red and green not have ways to put things into the graveyard, ways to draw card, like really reinventing the wheel here. Yep, absolutely. And so yeah, you know this is just kind of my version of it. Um, I actually just watched a playing with power yesterday, and someone actually did a CEDH version of Lord Windgrace that was pretty uh, pretty filthy. Sure. Um, this one it's good. Uh, actually, yep. I win a lot of games when I play this, or I get a very impressive board state where I basically become arch enemy um, yeah. and I can usually even fend off people uh, so yeah I mean what are your thoughts on uh, Lord Windgrace in general and then this deck since you have seen it a few times yeah um, I think he's pretty good so um, I think we should run through him real quick so Lord Windgrace is legendary planeswalker Windgrace irrelevant uh, two colorless and Jun that is black green and uh, red he comes in with five loyalty counters um, I'll do the first one and then you want to do the, the last two abilities there sure sure so so his plus two, which I I think is the one I like the most. Um, yeah. Just and I've seen this work a lot in a lot of different decks. Um, plus two, discard a card, then draw a card. If a land card is discarded this way, draw an additional card. Um, and so I have him in uh, a couple of decks. I have him in 
one of my lands matters, my Maze's End deck, uh, and that's pretty good. But I also have him in my Vile Smasher and Kyrgios deck, yeah. which actually, and everyone laughed when I had it in there, but he does work. Um, I think in a lot of decks, especially as you're drawing a lot of cards, you end up do becoming kind of land flooded, right? Sure. And I like the ability to turn one land into two extra cards. It's yeah. really helpful kind of late game, but in the right deck, and if you can sit in the game long enough, it gets even better. So what are the, what are the last two on? Yeah, so the next one is minus three. Return up to two target land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, and so I think that's great because one of the things that we won't talk about, we may talk about a little bit, we're not going to talk about specific cards though, uh, is the lands that can sacrifice themselves to go get other yes, lands. Yes, yes, yes. Being able to do that with that minus three gets you essentially four landfall triggers uh, or four enter the battlefield land triggers, whatever. Right. So I think it's actually a pretty cool ability. It's not one I use a ton, but it's it does yeah. have its utility and its special place. The minus 11, though, is funny. We've <laughs> talked about this a few different times. I did it at uh, Duff's Place downtown. Yep. Uh, it says ultimate. I Destroy up to six target non-land permanents, then create six two two green cat warrior creature tokens with forest walk. So that's just amazing on its own. Yeah. But here's the thing that's actually kind of cool about this is it just says destroy up to six target non-land. Right. If your opponents don't have six non-land permanents to destroy you can just destroy the two three or four that you need to but yep. you still get six two two green cat warrior creature tokens yes um, and, and again like i said i got to do this once out of a blue moon and it was extremely satisfying just to be okay i'm gonna stand up and just like oh i bet you i bet you I bet it'd suck if you lost this out of nowhere <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, he, he's extremely powerful. Um, he's kind of that commander. He's not quite Brea level to where it's hard not to just make a combo yeah. deck or Urza level. But honestly, I would say he's a commander that you really have to try hard to not have a good deck. Like, I know Tapped Out's competitive meter isn't always that accurate, but it is saying this is an 86% competitive deck. Yeah. And that's kind of shocking. And I, I don't, but I think that's right. Like, because I, I think there's, I think similar to Brea, there's like kind of two ways to build Lauren Wind Grace. Um, there's one where it's like your intention you're like okay I know this commander is extremely powerful so I'm going to try to curb the expectation and build them to be more fun or dynamic or maybe like play them on like a super budget level or something like that um, and then there's one the way that you built it where it's a lot of land recursion and a lot of times I've seen this I think I've seen this happen twice where the most of the game all you're doing is just strip mining and wastelanding people yeah. uh, and then eventually people get wise to it they're like okay yeah you go strip mine him and, and keep him down and then you turn it on them and they're like wait a minute that's not what I was planning so now you're the target um, I do I do like Lord Windgrace um, I, I think lands decks are very interesting um they're starting to become more popular with the amount of lands that are getting printed that are cheap. Um, and speaking of price, you know, this is a deck that you can easily, especially knowing your tendency to do this, Mr. Combo, get insultingly expensive. But in reality, this is only like $600, which, yep. which is crazy considering that lands are by far and large the most expensive or some of the most expensive ways to get into it. Um, so, and, and I think if you cut out some of the foils in this deck, some of the more rangy ones that you have, I think you can actually build a Lord of Windgrace deck somewhat on the cheap. Um, yeah. Also looking through this, and what's crazy is 
you know, you every we've done this before. It's like you look at a deck straight out of the box, and you're like, oh man, like what is this card doing in here? What's this doing here? But in reality, I think this is one of the I think this is one of the precons that really hit it out of the park in terms of just being able to shuffle up and play it right. Um, mostly yep. because the commander's ability is really strong. There's a lot of things that play into it. Um, just has a lot, a lot of value shoved into it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And so from a deck perspective, guys, it's CMC's 3.83, which I know is high, but honestly, it this doesn't, deck it doesn't matter. It. Like you're running yeah. green. For us, it's not. Yeah, you're, you're running green. You're running um, a lot. You're like you're running tons of lands matters, right? Like yep. your commander, as soon as he comes out, kind of helps you filter through some of that stuff. Um, I did notice that you are just a pinch short on green. Yeah. <laughs> the looks of it. Uh, but the weird thing is I don't th- see. I've never been in a situation to where it's like I need a green mana. Yeah. It's more been when I start tapping when it's later in the game. I have to be smart yeah, to about be like, how like, I tap. And to and to your point, like we talked about, like there's piles of fetches, there's piles of ramp spells in green, right? And I imagine when you're when you start pulling those up, you can be like, okay, I don't need to go get a forest. I can go get the the colors I need just in the basics to get this yeah. thing rolling, right? Yeah, um, and even and even some of the cards like you know it's like okay you could cut some red because you don't have that much red sure, yeah. but like one of the things that's counting against it is forgotten cave which really is just pay a red cycle uh-huh yeah i'm, yeah. Ne- I'm never playing it for its tap correct uh, effect um i am kind of so. surprised you don't have more oh i guess you do have them all or you at least have yeah you do have enough cycle lands in here so yeah that makes sense yeah yeah Cool. Well, uh, let's dive into this deck. Let's start with that Rampant Grain Bill. I'm going to start this off with actually one of my favorite cards in the deck. It's not a very good card, but it, it works in this deck. Uh, we're talking Kalani Heart Expedition. Oh, yeah, this card's so, cool. Colorless green enchantment, and it does have landfall. So whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, you may put a quest counter on Kalani Heart Expedition. Remove three quest counters from it, sacrifice it, search your library for up to two basic land cards, put them onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. I played this deck uh, against Duff and uh, Dan on Monday this week or Tuesday, and... I was able to play this and sacrifice it all in the same turn. <laughs> uh, it was yeah, absolutely sure. phenomenal. Well, and so. I, think, I think to be fair, too, to be fair, um, for those Letterkenny fans, like fair. I think something that's really cool on this um, is, and something that this deck really needs to focus on is there's some cards that says like when you play a land, um, which is different than a land entering the battlefield, right? Whereas this mm-hmm. card and most of the other landfall cards are ones that when they enter, the, are when lands enter the battlefield. Um, I think Kalani Heart Expedition is actually super good um, with the amount of fetches that you run in terms of in any green deck of you know cultivates and that stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it generally gets there. The only thing that sucks is it's kind of a dead draw a little bit later in the game. But again, with Lord Windgrace, you can just filter this out. Um, but if you get this within turn, you know the first five turns of the game, like you're gonna get your value out of it. Um, and being able to go get two lands for two is a pretty good rate. And honestly, it, for this deck, I'm gonna be honest, it's not a dead draw late in the game. Sure. Because normally I'm uh, trying to get as many of the non-basics out of the deck through all my fetching as possible, which I only have a few ways to do that. Um, And so a lot of times when it's coming to the end game and it's like, okay, I got 18, 19 lands, which, guys, honestly, is not uncommon for this deck. Um, At that point, it's like, okay, now I need deck thinning. I need to get rid of stuff in my deck. So even if I do draw it, I can go ahead and be like, you know what? I'll pay the two. Do some land rigmaroles, maybe Lord Windgrace minus three, sure. um, and then get whatever last lands out that I need, mm-hmm. so that way I can get to that gas. Yeah, so, sure. 
Uh, well, what's your first one? So um, I had to bring this one up first uh, for many reasons, uh, mostly because it's yet another one from your Modern Horizon. Uh oh, I think we <laughs> may have the same Do one. Do we? Okay, ready? Uh-oh. One, Three. Wait. two, what? Okay, you Three. go. Okay. Wait. Three. One. Two, three, three. Ren and six. Ren and six. Yeah. <laughs> Air five. Oh god, I wish I would have sold my extra one when it was still legal in Legacy. It's still fifty bucks though, so it used to be over a hundred. Really? Yeah. Wow. And unfortunately, I can't put this in any of my decks, or else, and also, I'm not gonna pay fifty dollars for it. But anyways, so Ren and six is a two, a two drop planeswalker. Unfortunately, it's not quite as good as the real two drop planeswalker, Tybalt the Fiend Blooded. Oh, whatever. It's so much better. <laughs> it's uh, it's just a gruel green and a uh, red for legendary planeswalker Ren. Uh, it comes in with three loyalty. Uh, I'll do the first. I'll do the middle one. I'll let you do the other two. Because I think the middle one in this deck is the one that's fine, but not that exciting. So Okay, um, so I'll, I'll take the ones that are better. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, plus one, return up to one target land card from your graveyard to your hand. So, actually, my extra one, I slotted in my competitive deck so I could get oh, my fetch lands yeah, back yeah, yeah. out and do that. Um, and it actually works really, really well uh, in this deck. Once again, guys, I'm going to be shoving lands in the graveyard left, right, and center. Totally. I mean, this deck, and, and I've talked about this many times on this cast and our play group when you look at a two color commander you just splash in that third color and you're basically doing the same thing but it opens up so many more avenues for you this is literally a gitrog monster type deck just with red splashed in um and so you know that plus one is really really helpful because you're gonna be shoving stuff in the graveyard right and Um, again the fact the fact it goes to hand then you can play it gets you those other triggers that we're talking about too so let's just sequence it kind of how you want it uh, does a lot there. Yep, and go ahead and read your lackluster one before yeah, so we finish minus, it off with the emblem. Minus one, uh, running six deals one damage to any target. Um, I th- it's fine, really. You know, this is a lot better in things where Birds of Legacy Paradise, and Modern. Yeah, yeah, and you have like a lot of infect cards have, you know, uh, one drops or one one creatures that then buff up. So that's a good way to snipe them out of that. This is, it's still probably good enough to where. If you can't do the plus one and you need to do something, um, you can snipe a dork. You can you can stop a planeswalker from ultimating. Um, maybe pushing that last piece of damage in Magic Christmas Land. Uh, but like it's still it's just like it's a good ability. It's just not that great in this deck. Yeah, you know the only thing that I say not for this deck, but that that minus one could be used is a lot of times when people do blocks, they forget yeah. that the damage counters stick till the end of turn. So it could be something that if you swing in and they're like, okay, well I have a six six and that's a five five, or you got multiple things, I'll go ahead and kill it and my guy will live. Second main phase, you know what? I'm gonna minus one and finish off your creature. Yeah, sure. sure, magical Christmas land, right. uh, but it could <laughs> yeah. happen. Uh, the minus seven though is actually bananas. I'm never been able to do it in this deck Makes sense. Um, I, I really want to though because it works you get an emblem with instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard have retrace so what retrace means is that you can discard a land card from your hand to the graveyard and then you can cast that instant or sorcery for its mana cost and then here's the cool thing usually when you do that the spell gets exiled right no 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 no, no, no it no. goes right back to no, the graveyard no sir <laughs> yeah oh man so good yeah like red and six is really good in this deck um i think it's probably one of the premier planeswalkers in it and we'll talk about this earlier or well maybe later maybe earlier who knows um at some time in the time stretch continuum i think there's at this deck actually could become like i kind of like the idea of jamming even more planeswalkers into this deck um who kind of help along these things but ren and six is an all-star especially for two he is 50 dollars which is a lot 
Um, and, and this is, I don't think Renin 6, a lot of times we talk about, you know, you spend money on a certain card, you're going to find a deck for it. Renin 6, maybe, mm-hmm. like, sometimes it's going to fit in yeah. decks. But for the most part, like, it's really good in, in land matter decks like this one. Yeah, the, see, the one challenge, though, is a lot of land matters decks are either mono green Sure. Or some or other rock com- monster. <laughs> yeah, or get rock monster. So you got to have that red. So like when you're thinking about land matters decks, you're going to think of your Omnath Locust of Rage. Sure. It'll work fine in that. Um, I think there's like the Elf Twins. Uh, uh, Mina and Den. Yeah, would be, Mina yeah, and yeah, Den. it'd be really good in that. That'd be a fun yeah, deck you, about the same. But kind of I, outside of that, those are really the only land matter green red I can think of. Um, just because a lot of stuff is usually like Azusa mono green. So, all right. Well, my last one is a land. It's the one land I wanted to talk about uh, <laughs> because it does so much work. We're talking Lake of the Dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when this comes into play, sack a swamp or sacrifice Lake of the Dead. So you might be saying, well, what does this land do? Well, it taps for a, a black. Well, that didn't sound exciting. Yeah, it's a swamp. Hold the That's phone. It. <laughs> uh, you could also sacrifice a swamp to add four black to your mana pool. Oof. Uh, so I, yeah, I've been able to use this card to kind of combo into, not combo, but get that extra value, mana that I needed. Train. Yeah, get that value train to be able to add into the X spell or whatever I needed to. Uh, the one challenge with this card, it is like thirty bucks. Yeah. Is it just because it's an old card? Uh, I am like ninety. 90- percent sure it's on the reserved list as well it's never been reprinted oh, so, so you say um, i own a piece of magic history you actually you hashtag own a piece <laughs> of magic history for sure um in like that the other thing too it's like so not it's it's never been reprinted outside of alliance it's on the reserved list um and this is a card that's really good right like mono black big <laughs> big black decks listen to the enunciation <laughs> oh if you will oh um Hashtag blasted. Um, they they love this card, right? Like, I'd love to have this in my mono black deck. Um, two color decks, this works really well in. Land matters. Like, again, this is a card that's going to go into every single Lord Gwyngrace deck, and there's only a finite amount of them out there. So um, that's probably why it's so expensive. Um, gotcha. The, the art in it also is hashtag totally metal man. Wow. <laughs> but no, it's it's an incredible card. And this cool. is one. Didn't you, you got this. Didn't you get this on like a fire sale or something or didn't you have or did you just get this straight up? I have no idea. I've had it for so long. I can't remember. Fair I mean, I, I definitely got it for my Git Rock Monster yeah, deck yeah, yeah. four or five years ago or whenever. So, yeah. all right. Well, what's your next card? So uh, I also have a land to talk about. So this one has a particular uh, story behind it, which I think is hysterical. Fourth us nerd. So we are talking. Uh, no, I no. Uh, well, first off, uh, suck it, Vorthos nerds. You guys knew that was coming. Um, also, you all are a bunch of hashtag cowards. But that's not that's not the there. Um, we have Lotus Veil. Oh uh, yeah. So this is a IRL story because that's the new thing we have to talk about since we're yeah. working behind uh, working my screens. But Lotus Veil is pretty solid. Um, when it comes into play, sacrifice two untapped lands or sacrifice it. Again, lands in your graveyard don't matter, and they actually kind of stack up for some of the cards we may talk about later. Tap and add three of any one color to your mana pool. So again, good. it's really good. Again, it's got Lotus printed on it, so you know it's probably pretty solid. Um, it's really good in this deck. Um, the only like the only thing you have to worry about is it getting strip mine because that's a pretty bad three for one. 
um, <laughs> or, or Field of Ruined or whatever. Uh, I do like it a lot in this deck, right? It kind of accelerates you through, um, can get your commander out a turn early or maybe two turns early. But if I remember correctly, Mr. Combo, this was one of the cards that you got on one of your, uh, I don't, I'm not going to use particular phrasings, but one of your, <laughs> I don't remember ordering these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you, then you, I remember you showing me like a pile. I was like, Bonus yeah, mail. What do you got? Yeah. What do you got to do with this? <laughs> You're just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, well, you know, used to uh, have a cocktail or two, yeah, and go on to TCG Player and find cool cards because I would just binge watch either Command Clash, sure. Game Nights, whatever. And uh, Lotus Vale. I thought I had one in my cart. Turns out I had like five or six. Wait, oh, that's like a story. <laughs> five or three. You know, there's a number that shows you what you have. There. Yeah, well, you know. It's really, but like, in, in, and I mean, you could you could have made worse mistakes because it's only it's only. $15, right? So, yeah. unfortunately, there's, like, probably this and no other deck you own that this goes great in, so... Uh, yeah, put, at, least put I did, in. at least I didn't buy five or six Lake of the Dead. Yeah, that would have yeah, sucked. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, no, I just, I think it's really cool, um, and it kind of plays into the Sacrifice Lands, which, again, is really important in this deck and, and goes a lot through it, um, which feeds into my last card, which is one of my... F I, I used to hate this card. I think it was because the art was terrible, but it's one of my favorite cards, um... I don't know that I can think of in a lot in recent memory. Scape shift. Oh, okay. Two colors, green, green for a sorcery. Sack any number of lands. Search the library for up to that many land cards. Put them on the battlefield. Tap, and then shuffle your library. So pretty good. I think this used to be. This is still like a big modern staple, and there's a lot of decks that play into it. But and I think it used to be prohibitively expensive, like thirty dollars. Then it got reprinted in 2019 and dropped down. So now it's like thirteen. So if you're playing any of your lands matters deck, it's an immediate slot into it. Um, the thing that the the one thing I had a question on though. I, there is a there is a fair amount of lands in here that come into the battlefield tapped, and you don't even have a single copy of Amulet of Vigor in here. Well, one you of know your what? pet cards that you want so much. I know. I, I finally have an extra one to put in though because I did cut it from my Atraxa deck. Right. Uh, so may, maybe I, it's not an actually one of my. Uh, bottle cappings but maybe i'll just slot one in there because you right. know i have a lot of free time on my hands now. yes you do yes you have plenty of times to pour over the stuff but no i think scape shift is really good um i think it's actually gets a lot of value um yeah. sacking lands is you know it's it kind of sucks and if you play around it if you're playing this card you're playing a deck that doesn't that 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 doesn't matter um yeah. and i think a lot of times when people look at this they're like i have to sack all my lands and go get it it's like no no no, no. you're gonna sack you know four of your basic lands that aren't doing anything anyways, float the mana, sack them, and then go get the best um, non-basics in here. And, yep. and, and again, I think a, a running theme in this that we're going to see is like the fact that you're going and getting land period really matters right to go get the strip mines to go get um the lotus bales lake of the dead those sort of things so um i think you do have a pretty good mix of both go get basics to kind of ramp up and then also go get specific non-basic lands or any yeah. land for that matter I a thousand percent agree, and this honestly feeds into a card that a lot of experienced Magic players know about. That's actually in my yeast package, and we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah. Th this deck honestly wants to play lands, 
sacrifice them in some way or fashion or discard them yep. in some way or fashion to then use them in the graveyard not to just recast them but to get other value and this is one of the premier I, no sorry it is the premier card not one of it is yeah. the premier card of just getting land to the and, graveyard and it's just gas right like and you could even do this in like even if you so this is the worst case scenario you just sack two go get the two lands you need put them on the battlefield minus three lord wind grace and you get those lands right back right so yep again that's like that's like that's so much insane value and that's literally the worst case scenario you could do with this absolutely so, so escape yeah escape shift and and that's gonna wrap up the grain for me Cool. Well, that wraps up the uh, Ramp of Green build, guys, for both of us. Now let's head over to Board State and Hot Profile. Uh, Big Tuck, start us off. What's your number one card? So this is one that came in it, and this has been a pet card of mine for a long time. Um, friend of the show, Scooty Shuffles. Here we are. Value. Uh, Value. Mm, um, I'm, won- I'm wondering if we're sharing it. So this has this references, I think, one of my favorite Planeswalkers. And it involves looking at things. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, so we're t- we're talking great gaze of granite. Yeah, no. Okay, so gaze of granite is X uh, black, black, and green. Uh, it's a sorcery. It's a rare for thirty four cents. So dirt cheap. Destroy each non land permanent with converted mana cost X or less. So Real good. I, it's really good, right? And the fact that it's each non-land permanent, it's not restricted to enchantments or non-planeswalkers is good for a sweeper. Um, there's a lot of cards in this deck where they are going to be super expensive, right? Like five, six, seven, maybe up. That Those are going to be your big win cards, right? So yep. if you're not playing other battlecruisery style decks, if they're playing more mid-range or that sort of thing, this could almost be like a one-sided board wipe. You talked about having the X mana, even dumping like six into this, which would be blowing everything three and under out is awesome. Um, Just does a lot of utility as a sweeper, right? So there's been time and time again where we've seen people that are like, I don't have a sweeper. I have nothing to do with this. I can't stop this sort of onslaught of creatures or I can't stop these planeswalkers or whatever, right? Like someone's built this board state and this one is a non-conditional way just to be like, nah, like I don't care. We're all just going back to, we're all going back to the start. Yeah, you know, and I'll be honest, this this has always been a teeterer for me. The only reason I've kept it in is because this deck ramps so intensely hard that it's kind of my conditional board wipe that I can get rid of whatever I want pretty much whenever I want. Because, I mean, I've been able to be at seven or eight mana by turn four. Right, like yeah. very consistently. Totally. Um, so that that's really the only reason I haven't swapped it for you know a damnation or just well, something like, else. And, and again, like you don't like the fact that it is conditional lets you use this. Like if you're accelerating so fast and someone else is accelerating super fast, then you're like, well, nope, I'm just going to keep my train going, and you're going to have to start over from scratch, right? If you're playing sure. with someone who's really leaning on artifacts, I mean, you could just do it for three, and that's going to get most of their mana rocks, right? And yeah, for you, you're like, well, I still have my planeswalker, I still have my engine. Um, you actually, I think you do run a fair amount of like instants and sorceries in here that do the things that you want. You also have a lot of utility lands. So um, I'm a big fan of this card, especially for budget. Like I said, it's only 35 cents. Um, but especially in this deck, I think it I think it really does a lot of work. Cool. All right, what do you, uh, what do you got? Posting it back over to you. Yeah, so I'm talking about another land. Uh, it's a one. It's a it's a black staple. Uh, but the reason I'm talking about it is because of how this deck can use it. So we're going to talk about Bajuka Bog. Oh, baby. Bajookers. So it was Battlefield Tapped. 
Uh, and when it does, exile all cards from target player's graveyard, and when it is untapped, you can tap it for a black. It's a great card. Yes. There's no denying it. $2.38, too, which is nuts. Yeah. Because it's been pre... It's, but it's like, Soul, it's like Soul Ring. Like, it's been reprinted a gazillion times, but everyone wants a copy. Correct. Um, gosh, I remember back in my early Magic days when I argued till I was blue in the face that you could put this in any color deck you wanted because it just wouldn't tap for black. It yeah. just tap for colorless. No, I, I, and I, like, I was nope. on the receiving end of several of those phone calls. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the reason I want to talk about it is, you know, we've already talked about like Scape Shift and we've right. already talked about, you know, we, we didn't talk about it earlier, but Haro. There's a lot of ways to sacrifice lands. Yep. And Bajukabog is like the one way that I can graveyard control my opponents opposed to having really no way to do it yeah. because these colors don't have a rest in peace to my knowledge at least um uh ley line of the ley line but that's of it. the void yeah, yeah but, but I, i'm not, not looking that's to spend not 30 dollars <laughs> yeah. uh and does does that just do opponents graveyards yes it does oh, okay so at least this way with bajukabog i'm getting another etb from playing a land and i'm exiling whoever i need to once again being situational with it uh uh, so that's why I wanted to point it out, because I think a lot of people probably just put it in a Lord Windgrace deck just to have it because it's a good card. Yeah. I don't think they realize that you can use this as a basically free yeah. graveyard exile spell whenever you really need to. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100 percent. You know, like it's effectively like your own torment grip. Right. And yep. a lot of times you get stuck in a thing where you draw a Bajukabog and there's no target. Right. And yep. you can't miss a land drop. Whereas in here, it's way less important, right? And if you have to bend it to Lord Windgrace, you draw two. The next turn you bring it out, sack it again. Um, definitely has that kind of value train theme going with it as well. Definitely, 100%. I would, I would for sure agree that this is a black staple. Yeah, there's 100%. no reason you wouldn't put it in no. any deck that can, that can run that can black. Run I completely the, agree. The, the only thing I would argue is that if you're doing like a five color competitive deck yeah maybe just because you you need you need all those slots for your fetches and your aber right. duels or, and your or shocks if you're playing something where like you you're like i cannot have a land that enters the battlefield tapped for yeah. whatever for whatever reason right but correct if you're not if you're building around that it goes in every black deck for sure cool well what's your second one so um this is a this is a card i like a lot mostly because it's one of my favorites tribes um and also the the art is kind of cute uh we are talking the bane of flyers oh. we were talking whip tongue, oh, yeah. hydra. hydra yep you got this too yep yeah this card is sick this card this card is sick and then there was a there was a run there where it was like ten dollars and now it's settled what? down to three yeah because remember like gorgos got printed so everyone was like gobbling oh, up all the good sure. hydras possibly um, this card is awesome. So, um, five colorless and a green for a four-four reach, which in and of itself is very good, right? Like that's a decent-ish uh, rate. It's six fine. mana for four-four reach—that's not good. It, but it's but it's like not insulting, right? Like it's still okay. It's nothing too crazy. But it gets way better. So what else does it do, Mr. Combo? Whenever Whip Tongue Hydra ETBs destroy all creatures with flying and put a plus one, plus one counter on Whip Tongue Hydra for each creature destroyed this way. Woo! So, tra <laughs> so traditionally, the reason that this card is amazing is because of the fact that green struggles with flying. Yes. Uh, that's why reach exists. It's, it's pretty much a green ever, it's a green evergreen ability. Oh! Um, in this deck... There. 
in these colors, I should say, you don't really need Whip Tongue Hydra because red has dragons, black has demons. Uh, but the reason I have it in here is because my commander's a planeswalker and flying's yep. always the way to get around that. Correct. And as Big Tuck kind of alluded to, I have a lot of value engine on kind of reusing these lands over and over and over again, which those slots traditionally in a color combination like this would be used for other awesome creatures that probably right. have flying. Yeah. So this is like my one answer to, I can't handle what they're doing. Let me go get it and let me go ahead and wipe out the flyers. Yes, I, I agree. Um, it's just a bonkers card, right? Like wiping flyers is good. That's going to put back a lot of like mono blue control decks if they're running tall rend. Um, it's it's going to get, yes, absolutely. It's going to get huge. Um, and then like I, this and another thing we're going to be talking about later, like that reach is very important, right? Like yep. these are slots that you really, really need to keep this deck afloat with like again like with getting running six up um another couple planes another planes we might talk about right like you need to have ways to block everything and this guy if you play him right is gonna come out and he's gonna be a 10 10 12 12 with reach and you're just like all right I already got all your I already got all your flyers, so what do you have next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this card definitely is not one like Pajukabog. Like when you know Big Tuck kind of talked about like, yep. oh, you know, you don't want to like miss your land drop, but in this deck you can just still reuse its effect. This is a card that unfortunately could be a dead card in hand. Yes, because I, I don't I don't think you're ever casting this unless there's flyers. Oh no, well, yeah, unless unless you're desperate and you're like yeah. I'm about to die and I just need something. I need a Grizzly's Bears. I need a 4-4 Grizzly Bear on the field. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, my last one is another card from this set. I, I promise you, I did put new cards in here. <laughs> um, but it's a pretty sweet sorcery. We're talking Lavalanche. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, this is X and Jund, so black, red, green, yeah. sorcery. Lava Lanch deals X damage to target player or planeswalker and each creature that player or planeswalker's controller controls. The reason I like this is we talked about how I can have piles and piles of mana and I like the flexibility to where I can pull, point my firebolt either at the person to maybe kill them or they got a planeswalker that's about to ultimate and they got a massive army well i can kind of clear their entire board right um and then continue my value train um i wish it wasn't at sorcery speed yeah. but i get it if it was instant it'd probably be too good i agree with that um and, and again like this is like the only thing i don't like about this card and it's kind of been it's it was kind of floating around uh, we might talk about it later. We might not. I don't know. Um, is that I, it is kind of like a dead card until the end, right? Like this is you're really only going to use this hopefully to like knock someone out or do like a pseudo board wipe against one person. Um, if it was all creatures, I think that would be a little bit better. But again, like it could get to the point where you're just running this value train. He's locked down. He's locked down. I just, you know, whipped on Hydra. So the Sphinx player is out. And now I have like one way to knock out one person just so I can focus on everything else. Right. That's fair. And, you know, honestly, the reason I have it in the hop section is I don't really can. If I can fireballs or fireball someone and kill them, that's gravy. Yeah. Really, the cards in the deck to just kind of do more board control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'll say this. This, this deck, if I'm up against two players with tons of creatures, not, I, I'm, I'm not going to win yeah. either this, way. I, I think uh, and even like, and, and to that point, like you could have five million mana, but you might only have two creatures on the battlefield, right? And you're just correct. like, uh, well, I can't beat Reese or you know any other token, like yeah. And so this is a nice way to at least take care of them. 
while I'm protected. And then also, because we know that uh, Sanitized Squee is a big fan of giving himself hexproof. Sure. If he does give himself hexproof in a race. Sultry Squee. Sultry Squee. Uh, if he gives himself hexproof, well, at least I could target maybe a planeswalker and still clear his right, token yeah. board. It gives you a little bit of flexibility. So. Yeah, I agree. So it's like. I, it's like right on the cusp for me. Um, I think it's sure. good. I think it's good enough to keep in, especially because it came with. Um, and my last, I think actually my last card is also one of the precons. Um, well, what's that? This card is a house. So we are talking the one and the only decimate. Oh yeah! Wow, uh, this card does a lot, and it's two dollars. Um, yeah, which, which kind of so feels good. like a lot, but it does a, it does a ton. So. Two colorless and gruel. That's two colorless green and red. Destroy target artifact, target creature, target enchantment, and target land. The value train is left the station. Um, the only thing that can be a downside, guys, is you have to have targets for each. You have to have targets. You have to have and targets. It doesn't say target opponents, so you Correct. may need to use it and have to blow up your own enchantment. Correct. Um, the good news with that, though, is since it's all on the block, I, this is a screaming argument I got into a few years ago, um, is that if you do, so let's say you target a creature, and then in response someone sacrifices it, it still triggers, because you sure. already had the target on it, and it, when, sure. that's when that happens when it goes on the stack. But I mean, you're like, unless you, it gets kind of back to the point of like desperation, right? Unless yeah. you are absolutely desperate, this is a four for one. Correct. For four, right? It's two dollars yep. now, which is kind of crazy because it's been printed a gazillion times. But it's amazing, though. I, I, I would vote. This is if you are running these colors, this deck is a state. This card is a staple. Yeah, it has to I, be I mean, right. The, the only, the only commander that you could ar- make an argument against because it's just anti his build is Ruikthar. Yeah, right. This, yeah, this would hit, this sure. would hit you for six. Yeah, but that's sucks. literally the only like wart. Oh Banger. no! It goes, it goes ham and wart. This is one me games and prosh. Um, it's yep. it's just so good. Like it's got so much value stacked on it. Being able to pick and choose. Um, again, it, you're not really worried. These colors have enough removal. Where you're not specifically worried about enchantments or anything. But the fact it does get enchantments, it's just completely bonkers. Awesome. And I want to well, bring guys. it up here while we could. Yeah, there we go. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up the Board Satan Hot Profile. Now we're going to head over to how Lord, I'm sorry, Mr. Windgrace <laughs> wins the game in Yeast. Uh, I'll kick this off with a, a, a staple. Absolutely a staple in modern. We're talking life from oh, the Oh, yeah. So this is a colorless green sorcery. So Return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand. Well, you may be asking, why the heck, Mr. Combo, is this in the yeast package and not in the grain? Because of Dredge 3. <laughs> so if you would draw a card, instead you may put exactly three cards from the top of your library into your graveyard. And if you do, return this card from your graveyard to your hand. Otherwise, draw a card. So, so good. Lord, Lord Windgrace's ability, discard a card, then draw a card. Well, I can discard any card and then instead of drawing put the top three in get life of the loan back and then for two mana cast it go get the lands back to then maybe use it for lord wind races plus two ability maybe another yeast card that i'm going to be getting to here in a bit uh anything with retrace so i mean i i get it it's normally thought of as 
a grain, but I have seen a lot of competitive Gitrog builds, and any dredge effect is a game winner. I, I, I completely agree. And then, like, one thing I like about this, too, is that this luckily has been printed into the ground because it used to be $30 Ooh. or maybe well, more. And it's still and 10 luckily, bucks. It's, it's less, but it's still less than 10 right? And and you can get it for less than 10 You could probably get it less than that, too. Um, this card is a real house. I've seen this played in a lot of decks where when I first saw this, I thought it was very cute. And then yeah. I saw it get played in, uh, when I was in Fort Collins. Here we are. Oh, <laughs> some guy just kind of had it in one of his decks to kind of thin his deck out. And I thought that was, oh, that's cute. And then when he did dredge like three or four times in a row, and I'm like, yeah. oh, so you're telling me you just hit your land drop every turn for the rest of the game. And there's nothing that any of us can do about this. It's bonkers. This card is really, really, really good. Um, I think yeah. most people probably know that already, but in this deck too, it's just insane. But I'll be honest, I didn't think it was a powerhouse until I played it myself and oh. saw it at uh, Magic Fest OKC. Because yeah. you just read it and it's like, well, this isn't a reanimate deck. Right. Like, you know, what happens when I bend my incense and sorceries that I can't get back? Sure. But I think it once again, it's just like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, I want stuff to go to the graveyard as yep. much as possible. Um, and if I, you know, like this actually happened with me, Dan and Duff on Monday is I kept I kept doing Life of the Loam over and over and over again. And, you know, there were times where I ended up accidentally throwing in my um, gaze of granite to the graveyard. Oh, and I was sure. Like, oh, yeah, your sleepers. That kind of sucks. Uh, because you know their boards were out of control but it's like oh what are you gonna do i'm gonna do some more dredging but again like the like the cards that you're gonna win off matter with lands right and the fact yeah. that you can just pull them right back to your hand and get those landfall triggers build that thing out um that's where this really that's where this really i think shines quite a bit sure and, and like i'm sure this is in some huge percentage of lord wingray's text too so. oh yeah well what's your first yeast card so um this is one that i thought i almost pulled a sneaky on you that you didn't have in here uh and then i had to reorganize my name and i was all excited about loading it over you but unfortunately you're better than that <laughs> Uh, but we are talking about another one of my favorite tribal cards, Uvenwald Hydra. Oh, yeah. This card is insane. So yeah. first off, four colorless green green for a creature Hydra with reach. Like we said, flyers are the bane of this deck, right? Um, its power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. Also very relevant. But most yep. importantly, I think, and this is what really separates this card from the pack, in my opinion, is when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a land card, put it on the battlefield, tap, then shuffle your library. It's real good. Again, like this, like that's what's critical, and and this is this is a lesson I learned playing my Maze Zen deck. Like the fact it's just a land and not a basic, not a non-basic, whatever you want, whatever you can get in a pinch, this is gonna go get you, right? Like a Lotus Veil, a Lake of the Dead, whatever the case may be, it's gonna come out. A strip mine doesn't matter. And on top of that, this is just going to be a big fat boy. This is going to sit there and just welcome attackers. In. Now, yeah. granted, it doesn't have like it can't block a gazillion creatures, and at some point, it might be able to get big enough where you can start like pushing in for damage potentially if you sure. need to. But just the amount of the amount of utility and value that's on this for six mana is incredible. Yeah, so I actually have a question for you. So I know for this deck, this is the better card. But you know, I have a very similar card to this in my uh, Praise Karametra with uh, Angels and Elves and Malamo Morrow Sorcerer, where it's the trample on power and toughness are yeah. equal to the number of lands for seven. 
In that deck, do you think paying the one extra to have the trample is probably better? Because both I, the decks get out lands like crazy. Yes, or would it be better to put this in there and lower the curve? And then I just, you know, still the same thing, but now I got reach. I think, the, tra no I think the trample is actually more relevant because in that one, that in that deck, getting a land, like there's not a single land in that there's not a single land in that Karametra deck that's going to make or break the game for you, right? Like, uh, well, there's one oh, land. Oh, Gaia's Cradle? Okay, fine. No, no, Amiri of the Sky Ruin. Oh, sure. But, like, but again, like, that's good enough, right? But you, that deck runs on its own without that kind of land in it, right? It's going to oh, be, okay. it's going to be pooping out forests and planes left, right, and center. Um, and the fact that that, like, you, that game, sorry, that deck needs that card to push through that damage, right? Whereas sure. this card, this ugh, this deck needs to get those lands, needs to put them on the battlefield, okay. needs to defend itself. So fair, in my fair. opinion, the Morrow Sorcerer is much better in the Karametra than this one. Yeah, and I wasn't saying Sorcerer should go in here. I was just curious if I should swap the oh, Ulvald no, no. for no, the Malamo. I, I, think, I think he's better in that deck as well, right? Okay. Like, that deck's fair. a lot more combat-focused, and being able to swing in with, like, a 2020 Trampler is a lot more value for one more mana than being able to swing in with a 2020 Reach that also fetches you one land, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, but no, I, so I completely agree. You know, six, 780. Dang, he's expensive. It's, it's good. It's just really good. Like... And the argument could be made that there's probably a card in that deck that you could cut, like, I don't know, uh, Vorn Clicks, that you could just slot this in, lower your curve, and also do better, right? Uh, except you forget that I don't have Vorn Clicks in that deck. Oh, keep damn assuming it. I do. Oh, what's it? <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep them together. But anyways, to your, to your point, if you're playing a deck that's pooping out a bunch of lands um, and is also getting value through that way, Uvenwald Hydra is a beast. Cool. So my next yeast card is going to tie into that dredge mechanic with Life of the Loom. We're talking Worm Harvest. Yeah! This thing has it's won me so almost good. every it's game. so good in this deck. So guys, Worm Harvest is a sorcery. Two colorless, Golgari, Golgari, Golgari. And it states, create a 1-1 one, one black and green worm creature token for each land card in your graveyard. Well... For five mana, that doesn't seem that great. <laughs> Hold on. You may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a land card in addition to paying its other costs. It's called Retrace. <laughs> didn't, so we, did, didn't we just talk about this at Pelucranos? Is that in that deck, or am I going crazy? Um... It's a, it's a, it's a Corona. That's it. No, no, no. It is in that deck. We said to cut it because it's not a land focused. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I initially, you know, before Wind Grace even got into my hands and I started building them, I saw this done on game nights. I want to say, oh, Josh also, or Jimmy, one of the two. Uh, I'm also gonna say this real quick. Fresca, the fresh maker. All right. So Worm Harvest is amazing because you cast them and I'm going to have piles of mana. And there yeah. have been times where I've been able to cast them for three in a turn sure. because I have life of the loan, cast it, get the three lands, and then I just need to pay 15 mana and I'll probably have seven to eight lands in the oh, yeah. deck. And so that's going to make me... 21 worms and then you know what next turn i'm gonna do it again well and i think the best part too is like you people will be like oh yeah you can do that three times in a turn then i'm just gonna board wipe for one 
okay next turn comes around i'm just gonna do it again question mark yeah, that literally <laughs> happened with dan and uh duff did it really uh, I, yeah I, I, I literally put out a ton they board wiped um and i was like okay and then i did it again yeah then you're like okay great so now you guys you're telling me you have no blockers for these one one green black worms and i'm just gonna win next turn so what, marks? what do you think i know this deck isn't making a ton of tokens or a ton of creatures there's a couple cards that do it like this yeah Impact tremors? Question mark. Um. Or perforos? Or do you think that's just like that? That'd be like a spice. If I wanted yeah, to swap I spice think, for I spice, so. I could do that. Like, I I know what you're talking about, and there's a couple in the in the yeast that do that sort of thing. I okay, so I think that there is I think that there is a build of this deck that can do that, right? Yeah. That that exists. I would focus more. That, I feel like this deck is already so far down the land path that I, you just have to stick that's to what that. I was, that's what I was gonna say. Like, if you wanted, so if you want to do a cuter Lord Windgrace that cared more about tokens that care about lands, then there's different cuts you can make to sure. facilitate that. In this current build, maybe an Impact Tremors to be cute, but your commander it doesn't. Your commander doesn't really go down that path, right? Sure. Um, and, and most of the cards that do that are higher end, and this is so this is this is kind of like the unique card in the deck where it's like this is something you can do no matter what with board wipes, whatever, yeah. right? A lot of the other things that do that thing that you want are just creatures that could just get killed, exiled, whatever, right? That's the fair. Beauty, the beauty of Worm Harvest is it doesn't matter, right? You're always gonna have a land in your hand, come hell or high water, any way you deal <laughs> with it, right? Like this, maybe, Reddit, the, maybe this deck could use an Alter of the Brood. <gasps> oh, oh. <laughs> Wait, well, why is it not in here? <laughs> you know what? I, I can't have it in every deck. I want to, but I can't. You could. All right. You could. It's the new soul ring. <laughs> yeah, it is the new soul ring. Uh, all right, Tuck, what is your second yeast? So um, this is a card that I thought was kind of a joke, but it's actually insanely good. Um, and this was uh, Audrey, who we met at uh, level one. I actually played, she played this deck Um at Magic Fest, Kansas City, and this card literally won her the game. Uh, so, is this a card that is kind of hard to read in one direction? In one direction, like the band? No. Like, <laughs> is it is it is it right side up and upside down at the oh, same time? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. sorry, sorry, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, uh, this is this one's pretty straightforward. It's Retreat to Hagra. Okay. Two colors and a black. Landfall. When a land enters the battlefield under your control, choose one. Target creature gets plus one and plus zero and gains that touch in a turn. Might as well be blank. Might as well just be, <laughs> might as well just be flavor text. Um, all that matters is each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Holy cannoli. It's yep. so good. Um, and it, like I think that when you look at it on the, its face, you're like, okay, that's one or two a turn, maybe. Right? Yep. But what really happens is it turns into like four or five a turn each turn that you play it and then when you have those blowout uh land those blowout turns like when you cast your escape shift or sure. anything or lord wind grace is minus two like this is something that's just going to keep you floating and keep burning throughout the game as you made mention earlier there's a high chance that this that once you get very similar to a lot of decks that you and I run, um, once you start getting the train rolling out of the station, people realize that they need to shove a gazillion semi-trucks in front of it to stop it, right? Um, they're going to start attacking you. 
So a lot of people, I think, with a lot of we've talked a lot about how like life gain is whatever in, in Commander, but I think this one really, really can can get you out some hot water, right? Like yeah. four or five uh, damage to each opponent a turn, gaining life, all that stuff is <laughs> it kind of adds up like yeah. pretty quickly. So have you yeah, no. have you been able to see this thing do work or no? No, not really. I just keep it in because I know that it only takes one time yeah, to right, yeah. to escape uh, shift for ten or Absolutely. fifteen and possibly kill everyone if it's late in the game. And we didn't talk um, we didn't talk about it, but like you bear, you burn everything you have and then you or we might talk about it later. There's another card where you can swap your graveyard to your library. Um, and if you do that sort of thing, that can also do 10 or 15 damage at once. So yep. again, I, I think it's kind of a sleeper card too. This, I think for the most part, when you're just doing drips and drabs with it, people are going to be like, okay, that's cute. Yeah, I'll take two and then I'm just going to attack you for five. But then when you have that big blowout turn and get to do this for 10 or 15, that's when people are like, oh, this is a problem. Yeah. If you remember that young kid that played with us at our last takeover, oh, yeah. I uh, uh, can't remember his name, but uh, when I played him against his Lord Wind Grace deck, he did retreat to Hagra. Um, I knew what it could do, but I, the thing is, is I just wasn't going to waste a removal spell right. on it. Yeah. Because enchantment removal is a premium. premium. I am premium. not going to do it on a retreat to Hagra when a, maybe not this deck, but someone could put a Morari's Wake down. I mean, I don't know what could yeah, happen. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, he could Dryad Arbor or uh, Song of the Dryads, my commander of whatever I was playing, yeah. and then I'd be SOL, because it's like, oh, I burned my disenchant on a recheck to Hagra. So, <laughs> right, yeah. But then, but then, like, to your point, right, like, and then, but then you start realizing, like, oh, wait, this one card has cost me, like, 10 life over the last course, and then, but, like, but, but like, by the time you realize that it's a threat, it's, yeah. like, probably too late, you know? Absolutely. All right, well, my last one is a card that... I think whoever played my Lord Wind Grace deck last, um, not on the stream this week, I think it might have been IRL, um, they actually didn't know this card existed, um, and they thought it was a joke at first. <laughs> We're talking Baduka Gardener. Oh, this guy, yeah. Yeah, so this is a colorless green, <laughs> tap it, and he comes in as a creature human monk, 2-1. Uh, you may put a land card from your from your hand onto the battlefield. If you control 10 or more lands, flip Baduka Gardener. So it actually uh, flops 180, yep. and then it becomes a legendary creature human monk 3-3, Dokai, Weaver of Life. Four colorless green-green tap, create an XX green elemental creature token, where X is the number of lands you control. Oof. So for six mana, because there are times in this deck to where I just... Don't, you have I, can't, to do, right? yeah. I got nothing to do, um, or I just need to hold it up. So being able to do this is extremely beneficial and being able to do it at instant speed to maybe make a 15-15 blocker because sure. you think you got me. Uh, or, you know what, I'm going to do one damage. It's a token swiper. Well, maybe I'm going to tap him, put down a land, and then flip him. So now yeah. he's a 3-3 three, three and he lives through that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of versatility you can do with him. The only thing I wish is I wish you could use this as your commander. Yeah, I know, but like that's like that's a legendary thing. There's, there's arguments that people say you can, and they're full yep. of, they're full of malarkey, horse hockey. Yes, malarkey too. And but like I think you're, I think the the upside of this when you flip it is really high. Mm -hmm. Not for nothing. Again, going back to you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, right? Yeah. It's not a basic. It's a strip mine. It's a lotus fail. It's whatever you want that can come out for it. So, 
and the nice thing about it is it does say may so yes. if you have no lands but you have your 10 and you want to flip them you can just tap let's some be honest let's be honest here in this deck you're gonna have a land to put out actually there have been some times where i have no lands in hand really i've pitched them all i've played them oh, all so yeah. then i then then i start having to dredge back life of the loam just to have extra stuff to do <laughs> yeah. um but you know th that is nice because there are some things like we talked about decimate where you have to have one of the conditions right you, you can't just not do it well, what is your last yeast card? All right, so I'm going to cheat real quick. God. First, um, we're not going to talk about this one, but I think this card is really is very interesting for a few reasons. Number one, uh, Scoot Mob. Oh, yeah. So awesome um, we don't need to get into it. Um, it could also be Cute Mob because yeah. it's kind of adorable. Um, I or, think Scoot's cuter than cute. Or, if you will, Scooty Shuffles Mob. That'd be like Scooty Mob. Friend of the friend of the show. Here we are. Um, it's adorable. We're not going to get into it. We're actually going to get into a real card that is actually a real house. Well, hold on. You didn't even say what the ability is. Oh, okay, I'll go through it real quick. So Scoot Mob is one green, the lowest costing card in the deck. Maybe soaring. You have a soaring here. Oh, good, yeah, good man. Um, it's a one-one creature insect. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control five or more lands, put four one-one counters on Scoop Mob. And that happens every time. Correct. So uh, it's definitely adorable enough to. It's definitely adorable enough to make the cut, and I'm glad you still live it in. Uh, yep. Mostly, I just wanted to talk about my two bits I had with it. <laughs> and then on to the real big boy. Okay. Um, this card is literally insane. Nesting Dragon. Yes. Three colorless. Red, red for a 5-4 flyer. About on par for a dragon. Landfall. When a land enters the battlefield under your control, create an 0-2 red dragon egg creature token with defender. And when this creature dies, create a 2-2 red dragon creature token that that with flying and uh, red, it gets fire breathing. Holy so... shysta. Impact trimmers. <laughs> that, so that's what I'm saying. Like we didn't talk about it, right? Um, Avenger Azendikar. Before, Impact yeah, trimmers? and also um, Rampaging Baylots, which I know we all have mixed feelings about. But in this deck, I think it does. I, work. I, I agree. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, but no, like their Nesting Dragon leads to blowouts, right? Like, okay, great, board wipe, and then I just win? Question mark. I guess. Yeah. Um, it's really good. It's also seven dollars, which is kind of insane. But the reason why is because. Uh, friend of the show, Ross. Yes, exactly. Eggs. So I traded to him for some cards I don't remember and probably got fit into other cards. <laughs> but more importantly, it's insane. So I think I think this is like a prime example of like the pseudo. If you didn't want to just do a strip mine, you know, scorch ruins that sort of value train uh, land stack, you could definitely go lean more into the lands fall of building creatures on another battlefield tapped and then swinging out that way. Um, yeah. If you wanted, if you wanted, to, and it'd probably be a lot cheaper too to do it that way. Even though Nesting Dragon seven, but if you already have Lord Ring, Wind Grace, you probably already have this. Um, it's just a nuts card. Like, and I, I really, I really more importantly, like the design of it, like a lot of dragons are just like, I'm going to swing and beat face. And yeah. if you have other dragons, I'm also going to do that. Right. Whereas this one is a lot more of like a defensive dragon card. Um, just really cool design space. Really, really fun card. So Man, I know I, like, I, really I, like I kind of cheesed her there, but that's what I do. Uh, do you have nesting dragon in your prosh deck? Uh, no, because I don't play that many lands. 
Oh, okay. So I had this in, I think I had this in my Maze Zen deck, but again, it's a card that I could just trade for other cards I could use for real decks I own. So that's how I bend it. But yeah, Nesting Dragon's Dragon's legit. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up. How do you win the game in Yeast? Now uh, we're going to head over for Mr. Windgrace to show what spices he has in his garden. Big Tuck, kick us off. So I know this is a pre-con, and I know you have a couple of ones in here, but I actually like this card a lot. Um, I have yet to really, 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 really get the crazy value out of it that I want to see, but um, this card's really cool. So I'm talking about Thantis the Warweaver. Uh, I know it's an uh, and I know it's a, I know it's a probably potential cut, but I actually like this card a lot for a couple reasons. So okay, I'll read it out. So three colors and John. That's black, uh, black, green, red. It's a five-five vigilance reach. Again, it does. It is a fair blocker, right? Mm-hmm. That's good enough. All creatures attack each combat if able. Whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, put a one-one counter on Thantis. So here's the thing. I like this card because it gets the game moving. I know that's kind of antithesis to the design of this deck, which makes sense, but (laughs) at some point you do have to have things moving, right? Um, It can block flyers. It can get big and strike back with the Vigilance. Um, And more importantly, I really want to talk about this because I actually got two of these when I bought my Lord Windgrace deck. Oh, yeah. And uh, I actually slotted them in and out of decks all day. But honestly, I do. I I know a lot of people would say this is good. This is a backup commander. I'm not even good on it at once. At that, it's like a so-so spider leader. Um, I just think it's cool. Like, I like the fact that it drives games. I like the fact it attacks. If you play it right and you do it after your Avenger Zendikar or that sort of thing where you have these tokens going after you after a nesting dragon this is great right like nesting dragon get a bunch of tokens out yeah swing in like i'll happily bury all these things underneath this i just think it's cool like i know that you left it in here because it's a pre-con but eh, what are you gonna do yeah i mean it it just it doesn't fit the theme of the deck uh it's not that the deck doesn't want to do things it just wants to have the crazy explosive turn that's okay deal with me now um and she kind of forces people to be a little aggro Mm -hmm. uh which i'm not a big fan of which i am a huge fan of um, plus, she her only being a 5-5, five five, uh, I have to swing with her. Could be something to where she gets combo blocked. And maybe I lost Lord Windgrace, and now I'm going to lose her. And I just time-walked myself, essentially, spinning all six mana. So, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. It, I, like, it's a ranking one. The, this spider is getting crushed in the capping. Oh, like it. Like it a lot. But I just want to talk about her because I'm guessing we'll never have a chance to talk about her ever again. Correct. And so, that's what I got. All right, what do you what do you got for the spices? So this is a real spice card because it kind of fits the theme of the deck, but it also kind of doesn't really fit the theme of the deck. Uh, it's a card that I've debated cutting every time I've drawn it, but I just leave it in. Uh, we're talking Reality Scramble. Oh, inter- yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's two colorless red, red sorcery. Put target permanent you own on the bottom of your library. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a card that shares a card type with that permanent. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So the reason that it's a maybe, because this usually just seems like, oh, upgrade a token into one of the beefy things you have in your deck. Well, I don't know what I'm going to be getting. Here's what I like about it. 
is that it has retrace. So just like Worm Harvest, I can start discarding lands to maybe upgrade those zero one plant tokens, those one one green worm tokens, um, and do that over and over and over again, and actually be able to get to my Avenger Zendikar, get to my Nesting Dragon, get to whatever other big fatty I'm looking for. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it's one of those cards, honestly, guys. Um, if you have gotten down to the point where you've cut all the unnecessary fat from the deck. Sure. And it's like you still needed to slot a spot. This would probably be a cutting block uh, unless you just have some monsters in the deck. <laughs> uh, I think this card probably works better in other decks, to be I th- honest. So I think with this card, like we've talked about, this is the token build of Wind Grace, right? Correct. If you're going to build around where you're like, okay, a lot of landfall triggers, a lot of landfall tokens, a lot of creatures that are going to do that, this card's really good, right? Um, but if you're focusing more on lands, it's probably... I still think it's a really cool card, right? Like, I love random. I love the evolutionary leaps of the world. Like, I love sure. seeing what's on the top of your library and just hoping and praying that you have the answer right. Like the at the eleventh hour. Um, well, and you know, and there are some like cute little things that I could do. Sure. Like, I only have three artifacts in the deck. Um, hold on. Uh, what's it like? Chromatic lantern. Uh, I'm just making sure. Do, do I have a sad robot? Um, oh, you don't need a sad robot in this deck. Well, no, no, I wasn't going to say that. I was just making sure I didn't have uh, one. I've seen a chromatic, a crucible, and a soul ring. And a soul ring. So, yeah, I could turn that soul ring into possibly a crucible of worlds. Yeah, absolutely. Which just makes this deck go on fire. Yeah. Uh, so, there are some cute little things. If you look at enchantments, I only have three enchantments. So, maybe sure. I don't need that. Like you said, that Kalani Heart Expedition is a dead card late in the game. Well, maybe I do a retreat, you know, do it on that and get retreat to Hagra. Absolutely. I only got two Planeswalkers in the deck and maybe I have the uh, the Ren and Six, but I don't really need that anymore. Maybe I do it into a noise of voices into car. I, I don't yeah. know. I think there is some room to work there. The challenge is going to be most likely you do this on a token um, and my creatures could be. I, I could get a Rubble Hulk, or I could get a Sakura yep. Tribe Elder. Yep. Um, I, I have no idea. So. Yeah, like like I said, it's high variance, high reward. Um, I think it like if we went back to it, this card would be an easy inclusion to stick with if we were going with the tokens. I mean, sure. You, could, you like that? You could do it on. If I'm reading it right, let me double check before I make an ass of myself. You could potentially do it on like a basic and hope to get like a. A wasteland or something, maybe sure. you know. Um, Being real cute. Yeah, right. The, the the thing that I don't like about it is that it doesn't target other players because that would be hysterical. Um, yeah, and I, I like that, but I don't know. Like, I think it's okay. I think it's okay staying in. That's fair. That's maybe, fair. Yeah. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up our spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And to remind you, these are going to be Big Tux and I's recommendations and cuts to the deck that are under 5 bucks, under $50, and a personal recommendation with no budget. The only restriction is no mana, only lands. So I'm going to start this off. We are cutting another pre-con card uh, <laughs> that is a pseudo-general. We're talking Gearus, Waker of Corpses. I'm also going to cut him. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't fit. Uh, so he's X and Gund, uh, Black, Red, Green, Legendary Creature Hydra. He's a 0-0, but 
He enters a battlefield with a number of plus one, plus one counters on it, equal to the amount of total mana spent. So yeah. you could do it for zero, and he comes in as a uh, three, three. Yeah. Uh, and the cool thing is that if you do use him as a commander, the command tax does buff him. Mm-hmm. So that is neat. But in this deck, here's why you got to cut him. Yeah. Whenever he attacks, you may exile target creature card with lesser power from your graveyard. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that card that's tapped and attacking. Exile the token at end of combat. This literally doesn't, doesn't fit do anything, anything in the deck. I mean, I got tons of creatures, so I could always do something. Right. But is it going to do anything for me? No. And again, like I, if you I, like not to keep harping on it, but if you do build a token build, being able to get back like an Avenger or something that comes in the enters the battlefield and makes a bunch of sure tokens or something might be cute to do once or twice but yeah this 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 card doesn't really do your deck a lot of favors Mm -mm. so we're gonna cut it for a card um that honestly i haven't heard of it's an older card it's an instant realms uncharted oh yeah two two colorless green Search your library for four land cards with different names and reveal them. An opponent chooses two of those cards, put the chosen cards into your graveyard and the rest into your hand, (laughs) then shuffle your library. So what I'm going to do, guaranteed, is go get things like Dakmore Salvage, which has Dredge. Uh, And it's like, do you want me to have Dakmore in hand? Because I'm probably going to discard it uh, to draw a card. Or are you just going to go and throw it in my graveyard, which I'll dredge it and get it back anyways? Right, yeah. Uh, You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and, you know, do... I'm probably not going to go get Strip Mine or any of those guys unless I have, like, maybe a Crucible crucible of Worlds in hand. And sure. it's like, I'm going to trick you. I'm going to get both of my land destruction uh, lands. You're going to put them to the bin, and then I'm going to cast them anyways, and you right. did exactly what I wanted. Or if you have Lord Windgrace out, you can do the same thing with, like, the, his minus ability, right? So... Yep, but, absolutely. But this is, so, like, to, to your point, this is a four for one for you, right? Like you get, yep. you'll get two cards to hand, two in the graveyard. You have enough ways to bring them back from the graveyard back to the battlefield. And like you've been pointing out, it just says land. Exactly. So, so what a, slam dunk. Yeah, I think so. And it's only four bucks, which so is shocking. I thought this used to be cost a lot more, but the the I always get this confused because the art on it is very close to gifts ungiven. I think. Oh, okay. Of and I, I know this is gonna really narrow it down. An elf lady leaning over <laughs> over something. So I know it really cuts down the uh, really cuts down the deck. Absolutely. Um, and I'm actually looking it up. Gifts ungiven uh, is actually like a blue mirror folk uh, leaned over, and it's only a dollar. So there it is. <laughs> well, what is your under $5 cut and add? Well, so actually, I'm going to cut. So I'm going to go a little order here. I'm going to cut Giros as well. Okay. Um, and I'm going to put in, like I said, I think there's a lot of Planeswalkers that are going to do work in this deck. And the biggest one is Nissa Vital Force. Okay. So three colorless green, green, plus one, untapped target land you control until your next turn becomes a 5 5 elemental creature with haste. It's still land. Fine. Minus three. Return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. Ooh, actually, like actually, shockingly good, right? Like yeah. if they kill one of your things. But most importantly, importantly, uh, is is minus six. Her minus six, rather. You get an emblem with whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. So realistically, you plus one this. You have a blocker for her. The next turn, you ultimate her, and then every single time that a land comes in the battlefield, you're drawing cards. That seems real good. It's bonkers. Um, I think the minus three because you don't have a ton of non 
land graveyard recursion in this deck Correct. as well. I think it's actually pretty good. So even if you draw this later game, you can still get back your Avenger. You can still get back your Nesting Dragon. Anything yep. there. Um, I think it's kind of an all-star in this deck, to be honest with you. I saw some people... I can see your expressions on your face, and it looks. It seems. To, it seems to be that you agree. Yeah, uh, honestly, I wasn't. When we started talking about trying to put more planeswalkers in here, as much as I love planeswalkers, yes. I was like, meh. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, honestly, that minus three. I would almost play this as almost kind of like a beacon of unrest. Yeah, absolutely. Five mana on the turn that I need it, because you know what? If I play Crucible Worlds, you guys probably are going to blow that up. <laughs> um, you know, the the Nesting Dragon, sure. the uh, Avengers Endicar, the Rampaging Bailoffs, all these creatures that are going to benefit from all these lands coming in, you guys are probably going to get rid of. Uh, so being able to pay five mana and then have it still even stick around Correct. and get whatever I need back to hand, which, let's be honest, five mana is not going to tap me out. I'm going to be able to cast whatever I brought back to hand. I'm going to, I'm going to do something else. So, yeah, I'm going to have to check my binder to see if I have one. I think you probably there. do. There was one from uh, San Diego Comic-Con, and I actually do have one in my binder. So when I see you in two months, we might be able to talk to her. Yeah, like, like I said, like, I, think, I think like best case scenario, you play her early, plus one, have a blocker, next turn minus, draw cards. Worst case scenario, you just get some, you get some real good value back. But that was that was my cut for the Hydra Boy. Awesome. All right, so my under $50, I'm actually going to cut a worse version of your uh, yeast card, the power and toughness equal to the number of lands, yep. your, oh gosh, I already forgot his name. Not uh, important. 100? There we go. Uh, cutting the worst version of him. Gotta get rid of Zendikar Incarnate. Uh, it's yeah. not good. Uh, two colorless Rakdos, so that's uh, red green. Creature elemental. His power is equal to the number of lands you control, which you think would be great, but that's where his abilities stop, and his <laughs> toughness is only four. Right, yeah. <laughs> and he's got no, he's got zero evasion, no other abilities. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Someone's gotta get rid of him. So I'm going to cut him for a card that I actually I think I own. I'm just hoping I haven't already put it into a deck because this used to be part of my Gitrog build when I had Landfall as sure. a theme. We're talking Ob Nixilis, the Fallen. Oh, hell yeah. Legendary creature demon, 3-3. Three, three. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may have target player lose three life. And if I do, put three plus one plus one counters on Ob Nixilis, the Fallen. Hell yeah. Uh, he, probably the turn he's coming out, he's probably going to be a 9-9 to a 12-12. Sure. And I probably just drained someone for 9. Um, I think it's an amazing card. I think it's one that, honestly, for 5 mana, it's going to draw a lot of hate. It's gonna A yes. lot of eyes are going to go immediately there. 100%. Uh, and, and you know what? If you if I Because you won't really get to respond. So once it's on the battlefield, I have priority. And lands don't use the stack. Right. Just his ability uses the stack. So if I pay 5 mana, make you burn a removal and i drain you for three i'm okay with that but like that's not terrible and even but like his upside is huge absolutely and like look at like scape shift sylvan reclamation right like if you have if you have if you have the right board state and you scape shift it's this game over well not really because it's target player right but you can but then okay then next turn you're like okay what's next right like sure it's it's a monster and yeah this is this is like the I think this is like the premier win con in Gitrog Monsters, if I remember correctly, because they just keep oh, cycling probably. their lands over and over and over again. 
Um, it's really sweet. Yeah, and the only thing I wish I wish it had some sort of evasion so that would be nice, yeah. or at least when the landfall gives him three plus one plus one counters and trample till end of turn, or say intimidate until or end of turn. Flying, any of that uh, stuff. But yeah, he's I a mean, demon. He, but he doesn't have any wings. Look, not anymore. But he used to. I actually, I also love Obnix. As we're a big, as we've already talked about, I'm a we're huge, huge Obnix fan. So I love the fact that like Omnixilens was a planeswalker, got it stripped away, and got so angry he got it back. So I'm on board. You should, yeah. It, it, either you have this from the Gitrog or maybe from Iconic Masters. But I'm looking, and what's shocking is this card's still ten dollars. Yeah. But I mean, like this goes in every Gitrog deck. It probably goes in a lot of these ones too. And yeah, I mean, let's see. As a card on EDH Rec, he is present in 4,100 decks. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a fair amount. I can well, what's up. your what's your under fifty cut and add? Okay, so this is this is actually my under five because Giros was my under hundred. I don't have any of that super expensive stuff, so I'm actually going to cut uh, Necromatic Selection. So wow. Okay. It's four seven seven, or I'm sorry, <laughs> four seven seven. It's four colorless, Nailed three it. black. Destroy all creatures, then return a creature card, put the graveyard this way to the battlefield under your control. It's a black zombie. In addition to its other colors and types, exile necromatic selection. It's okay. Um, it, it, it's like damnation plus three to get a creature back. But also costs seven. And again, like there's I I I understand how creatures are kind of the bane of this deck's existence, but it also still has that kind of higher CMC, and I think that we can do a little bit better, right? So okay, well, how are we going to do a little bit better? Here's how. We're going to cut that for a card that is going to lower this down by a bunch. We're going to cut it for Pernacious Deed, which is one of my favorite cards ever printed. Colorless green-black for an enchantment. X sack it, destroy each artifact creature and enchantment with converted man costs X or less. So oh, this is yeah. kind of your this is your second copy of Gaze and Granite, but the kicker is it doesn't kill planeswalkers. Sure. So your Lord Wind Graces of the world, your Nissa's Vitalifes of the world, your Rens and Six of the worlds are still alive. All three, all three of them. All three of them. <laughs> it's very it's very relevant. Um, but I also like the fact that this is kind of a a lot of the times this deck you're just kind of running through it right like it's you're kind of sure. doing your own thing right it's not you're not getting in the red zone a bunch this is now you are this is a terrorist card if we've talked about many times before and you're like okay like i can just keep doing these things that i'm that i'm running through right no big deal or i'm just gonna board wipe and then i still have my commander aka the planeswalker out and i'm gonna keep going through getting value we talked okay. about how Gaze of Granite is also very valuable for you because your mana, you you can stretch so far with your mana so fast. This is just another way to do that. If you're playing against an enchantment deck, if you're playing, like, the only the only time this sucks is if you're playing against, if you happen to be playing against a Planeswalker deck, which I'm pretty sure you and I are the only people that have it in our playthrough, <laughs> and mine doesn't really count. Um, you kind of can get hosed around that, but I like the fact that this is more than just creatures. You're not a creature deck. You don't care really about creatures. Like, Randy, you could get the best creature out, like an Avacyn or something, maybe. Which would well, an Avacyn is indestructible, so you oh, can't yeah, do I was, that. Yeah, I was going to say, which wouldn't even get it, so, like, then what? Uh, well, so, it's more along the lines that I could board wipe everything, but then maybe get my Avenger or Zendikar back. So, it's like, you know, I had to take one for the team because everyone else was out of control, but then I still get my dominant board state back. And well, like you said, it time, costs a lot of 
but at the time you have seven mana and you have to do that, like you should be so far in advance where all you need to do is clear out a few smaller things, a, a few enchantments here or there, um, and also this card's only three dollars and it so, lowers your curve quite a bit. So uh, honestly, I would probably because I'm not, I didn't actually list this as one of my cards to cut, but it's always been a teeterer. Sure. Uh, I would, I would probably cut that card for emissary of grudges. Yeah. I would be fine doing that. I would just be worried because once again, I want to quit getting rid of. I don't like like. Well, I guess I don't have a lot of enchantments and artifacts. I guess I don't care about that. It would just suck if I had a Crucible Worlds out. But what are you gonna do? Then you have your missing right. out to bring it back. Yeah, emissary. I, I was really trying not to cut stuff out of your spice um, too much. What? Like, I, that doesn't so, make any sense. No. That's, that's where you want to cut it because these are the cards that don't fit the deck. I know, but they're so cute. And look at that guy. He's just having a good time, flying around, being angry, and uh, on fire. By the so, way, we didn't point it out. This is probably the most balanced deck we've ever talked about. 20 grain, 19 yeast, 18 hops, 10 spice. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty no, even that's across pre the board. pretty good. All right. Well, my next cut... I'm trying to get a little bit more of this land stuff back, but I think sure. I'm going to cut Loyal Guardian. Four colorless green. Yeah. It's a rhino. Trample. Lieutenant. At the beginning of combat on my turn, if you control your commander, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control, and he's a four, four. I think he's fine, but he requires too much. And I would say this. If we can't justify a Perforos or Impact Trimmers in yeah. here, we can't justify a Loyal Guardian in here. So I'm going to cut it for a card I already own. Uh, ripped it out of my um, Ruikthar deck. Omnath, Locus of Rage. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, so three colorless. He's so angry! Rage. He's so angry! <laughs> it's because he put his fingers in all the hot pockets, so his hands are on fire. Oh, God! <laughs> They're so cold in the middle, but so hot in the out. Oh, the ham and cheese! Uh, so he's a legendary creature elemental. 5-5. Uh, five, five. He's a mythic. He's a mythic. Better. Also, seven uh, bucks. Yeah. Uh, so, landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a 5 5 red green elemental creature token onto the battlefield. Pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty, much, pretty good. And whenever he or another elemental I control dies, he deals three damage to target creature or player. So, I'm going to start lightning bolting everyone. Um,. So, yeah, we've, we've been talking about how I just bring all of this oh, land yeah. back and forth. And he's not even, he wouldn't even be the only elemental in the deck. Avenger of Zendikar, sure. Rubble Hulk, oh, yeah. the list stops there. Um, so, <laughs> so he's number yeah. three. Well, that's the yeah, yeah he'd be number three. Uh, that's a 50% increase. So, yeah, I, I, I think since I already have one, um, this is going to increase my curve by two. But I think the upside to this, the yeah. top end, is so much higher. I think I think with him, he's this. This is another card like like you talked about with Omnixilis, where as soon as it lands, people are like, "Oh, we're in trouble unless yep. we get rid of it." Right? Um, having that redundancy in, he's super. I mean, there's a reason why he he's played left, right, and center in commander. Played as a commander himself. It's just backbreaking. And and again, like like we've talked about, if you're gonna do the impact tremors, perforos ways, he's like the premier way to do it as well. Oh, That's and incredible. so I was right at the beginning of the cast because I was just curious because I know he is a very popular commander, but he was very few decks or like on the rating. Uh, uh, Lord Windgrace is the number fifth played commander in the last two years. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
Um, but doesn't even hold a candle to number one, which is Moldrotha, and she's almost double what he yeah. is, over 4,000. Moldrotha Anyways, rules. yep, Omnath is amazing, yeah, good it's card. It, it's just usually he's too mana expensive if he's not your commander, but this deck has no issue with no mana. no problems with that, yes. The only thing you it would feel bad is you wouldn't want to see him in your probably first three to four draws. Yeah, then you're kind of, then it's kind of, then, then it's kind of a dead drop, but I mean. Yep, absolutely. Ag- again, like, the upside on is so big, right? Like, this is a card you can just sit on, overturn, 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 and then just crush it. Yep, absolutely. Well, hey, why don't you wrap up this guy? What's your personal recommendation? So I'm gonna cut the. I'm gonna cut a card that I don't love. Um, I'm gonna cut Far Wanderings. Okay. So two colorless and a green. Search your library for a basic land card. Put that card on the battlefield. Tapped. Then shuffle your library. Threshold. If seven or more cards in your graveyard, instead search your library for up to three basic land cards. Put That's them on great. Tap. It's okay, but the prop like the, the only thing I don't like about this is like again it goes back to the basic lands in your deck are not the problem. You have piles of way to find them. You have piles of way to put them out, and a lot of them aren't like really that good, right? Like they're just basic lands. So what I would want, what I want for you instead, is to be able to play more of these non-basic lands and fix a little bit of this uh, green color pie you got going here. So I'm actually going to cut that for a card that only costs one more. It's brand new, off the presses, Dryad of the Elysian Grove. Oh, yep. Actually, I'm sorry. It costs the exact same, so even better. <laughs> so two colors and a green for an enchantment creature, Nymph, uh, relevant creature type. Most importantly, you may play an additional land on each of your turns. Uh, no, sorry. Most importantly is he's naked on a tree, but then his <laughs> sides you can see into the galaxy? Yes, and uh, there yeah. say more importantly is a 2-4. Uh, <laughs> most, But you may play an additional land on each of your turns, which again we've talked about is good. Lands you control are every basic land type in addition to the other types. So it's not quite as good as Chromatic Lantern, maybe, but... For three mana, this card's gonna do exactly what you want. You, you don't have that many like explore or burgeoning effects in this deck, right? Like you don't sure. have ways to play multiple lands out of your hand, um, even though you're gonna be filling it up, which is awesome. This will first skyrocket you, let you play two lands a turn, trigger those landfalls, and be able to curve out your mana even better. So that's fair. It's gonna be a card that's probably not gonna be targeted too much. Um, and, uh, and, chromatic uh, Landry gets targeted like, fairly I thought about, frequently. I thought about doing like some tricksy stuff with Nixblumation, but you have like three X spells in the entire deck, so <laughs> that's not worth it. But this card's just really good. Like it's gonna it's gonna do everything that you want. Um, trigger those landfall abilities, even if you try to even if you're trying to make this into more of that token build, this deck's still gonna get you there. So I got a question for you, and it's not related to this cut, but it's I'm wondering if I should do a swap. Uh, in the deck, I have, let's do a quick count. So out of my 42 lands, like nine or 10 of them are worthless late game because they're fetch lands, they're sure. tutor for basic lands. John Panorama, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, so should I cut one of those and put in an Urborg Tomb of Yawgmoth? So then oh, that way I can yeah. actually functionally use those lands if I need to. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, okay. I would even cut, you could cut a swamp for that. Oh, duh. There we go. Or no, <laughs> actually, sorry. I'll, I'll cut a, no, the best thing to do would be cut a mountain. Oh, yeah. I, I barely have any red in the deck to begin with. So yeah, just get rid of a mountain for one. Done. Done. Done deal. Cool. Did you say you had a spare one lying around too? Oh, I got a spare proxy laying around. Oh, you scum. Or oh yeah, should I say hashtag coward. 
Well, thanks for making it until the end, guys. And as promised, here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level One Game Shop. We'll be giving away a borderless Garouk and Oko from Throne of Eldraine. To enter is extremely simple. You can just simply help promote the content we produce. You get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media. We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Which we'll all probably be doing from quarantine, so yes, that'll be a sad yes, day. Probably. Um, uh, hashtag Corona. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, like it. You, you like, know that. The I like that. You know the Corona executives are secretly praying, like, please let this go through Cinco de Mayo. Please <laughs> oh, let this go oh. through Cinco de Mayo. No, I told I told a friend of the cast, Denny. APB still out for Denny. Oh, like that too. Uh, but I told him we should. They should make Corona nineteen. The oh like, yeah, <laughs> the low carb Corona. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. Uh, and yes, I know what you guys are thinking. We're gonna be doing giveaways each month, hopefully. Obviously, with LGSs closed and revenue shut down, um, any business you can kind of give them uh, would definitely help keep these giveaways alive and help keep the support that they provide the podcast. Um, but you know what? We'd love some feedback uh, on your podcast platform. If you enjoyed it, feel free to leave that positive feedback or whatever star review. Uh, if you hated it, well, take a long look in the mirror. We're all stuck inside. <laughs> it's clear, it's Get that out of your life. <laughs> if you want to find out ways to reach us and also learn more ways you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Tuck Tuck, where can they reach? Yeah, yeah. You can still find me at, at Big Tuck Tweeting on the Twitterverse. You can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. We have a website, cmdtower.com. Basically, you can type in Corona. Crash of the Rhino Beetles, Multani Yavima's Avatar, Decree of Pain, Tower. Tower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to engage our awesome production team for your own future projects and also learn how to do this stuff remote, how would they do that, Squee? Uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. You can find me on Twitter at Dear Squee. You can email me at Dear Squee at CommandTower.com or that's CMD Tower, I suppose I should say. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm in Kansas. I'm in my basement. It's underground. You can find me. Good luck. <laughs> uh, he does a music podcast and does have a full studio uh, if you are local in the Kansas City metro area, which doesn't really matter because you can't leave your house. Yeah. Uh, Please don't come here. <laughs> so uh, you can do your things over the series of tubes like like Tuck and I are doing tonight. Uh, if you want to support the show as well as hook up our sponsor with those giveaways, uh, with the orders you're probably already doing, hover over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower so they know that you came from the collective. Uh, they also do have a free ship code on their site, uh, free KC ship, all uppercase, uh, and that'll be good through the outbreak. So if you want a board game, if you need to just get something different, maybe you've done a little too much Animal Crossing, and you want to touch real <laughs> things, uh, hit them up. They got crazy competitive prices and a over 99% accuracy rating actually on their TCG storefront. So uh, they also are the exclusive carriers of the CMD Tower Playmat and Sleeves, which, by the way, gets you at $25 total for both. Mm. So... Boom, free shipping, and you support the cast and support our LGS. Another way you can support us is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have different reward tiers from as simple as Discord access to even getting a guest spot on the podcast with your own sweet, sweet brew, um, as well as each tier gives you additional entries into the monthly giveaways. Also, be sure to check out the pinned tweets on our Twitter profiles to get access into our Quarantine Battlegrounds Discord channel. Uh, that's a channel to where you can sync up with people all over the world in this 
quarantine for paper streams for MTGO and MTG Arena games. Post what format you're looking to play, how many people you need, and what time, and the way that you want the median you want to do, and you'll find someone. And Possibly of course, hashtag quarantined collective. Yeah, there we go. Got him. Uh, and of course, thank you to Pink Royal for the music provided in the episode. So, Tuck, we're at the end with gardening with Mr. Wingrace. He's getting he's getting out of his outdoor boots into name, some. By the way. Yeah, that's good. He's changing out of his outdoor work shoes into his indoor slippers, taking off the work gloves, and he's ready to settle down for he's, the night. He's ready. He's got, he's got his uh, quarantine garden going on. Uh, no, I, uh, this deck is frustrating to play against, mostly because I've been on the wrong side of script mine and wasteland combo, uh, which is which is no fault of uh, the deck itself. But no, I think I think uh, Lord Windgrace is actually pretty great. Um, I think he's a deck that you know if you if you I don't know how much the precon is, but if you can get it for like forty bucks or fifty bucks, it'll play right out of the gates. Um, and there's a lot of different ways you can build it, right? Like the easy ones, like we talked about, are just doing like the land matters and. I'm going to play Strip Mine as many times as I can, um, but there's also, you know, you could do a Planeswalker sub-theme, you could do uh, Enter the Battlefield tokens, a lot of different cool stuff to do with this. So, no, it's, this is a fun one to talk about. Yeah, you know, this is probably one of my favorite decks to play, yep. mainly because I love Planeswalker, so having one as the commander is a slam yep. dunk, and there's always something to do. Yes. Um, I, I've, I've definitely built the deck to where you're not going to win every game or be in a winning position every game, but you'll never be able to say there's nothing that you can do on each of your turns. Yeah. Uh, now, you just may not be able to spend your 25 mana, uh, <laughs> but that, that's neither here nor there. That's a later problem, yeah. Yeah, that's a later problem. Um, but, you know, there's nothing more satisfactory than turn six and your opponents are like wait you have 14 mana 15 mana and you're like yeah cast a crew of tri-builder let's ramp it growth let's uh do a kadama's reach let's do some more so it's it's always a good time well i think that's gonna be the end of this cast good night bye